I think writing can double your income if you're smart about it. You can do so much more and run circles around people if you can write quickly and well. (laughs) Welcome to You Should Write a Book About That. My name is Kim O'Hara. I'm an intuitive book coach at A Story Inside, and I'm interviewing fascinating people from all walks of life who have a story to tell. Do they have a book in them? Stick around and find out. Rebecca Warfield and I met at a women's conference a few years ago, and we bonded immediately. She was transitioning in her career from music manager to Aerosmith, and prior to that on the Britney Spears management team, to a more holistic approach to management as the CEO of the woman-owned and operated Chicane Group. We met up again over guacamole about a year ago, and she had created that new collaborative model as business partner and manager of the global artist, photographer, and humanitarian Julian Lennon. And now I find out, because of her love for tech, she's also the global head of strategic partnerships for the video and chat streaming platform, Looped. Girl, you are on fire. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. It's uh, definitely a very exciting time in the world, I I have to say. Well, you're hitting all these benchmarks that you had as your vision when we first met. And, you know, tell me, what do you attribute carrying out the vision of this new partnership model with management of talent? What was it that got you going in that direction? Since I transitioned from talent producing to management almost 11 years ago, I have always taken it with the approach of you're partnering with an artist who they need help on the business side. You know the business side, but you can also really empathetically understand the artist side and the creative side as well. So I I enter into those relationships with a holistic approach, like you mentioned, and I really try to figure out what their vision is, always do the very best uh, that I can for them and what their best interests are, and really act as a partner, not, you know, I'm the boss or they're the boss. It's like a family. I think, you know, it's like a family type relationship. And there is. is a future of this, right? In different industries yeah. where people are winning. How how do you see this wave continuing? Yeah, I, I think it's kind of like the old guard approach of, you know, uh, the the iron fist approach is going away. Things are just more collaborative. You have, you know, you have like five generations working together now all in the workforce too. So it's just a big conglomeration of people with different skill sets and Everyone, everyone should be really admired and respected uh, for, you know, their unique perspectives on things. And I think that that's what we're what we're going into. Also, with artists, you know, the management teams do so much heavy lifting in terms of visualization and helping the artists realize things that maybe they can't see. But then also the execution and the carrying out of all of these endeavors. It, it takes a, it, it's a huge, huge uh, commitment. You have to be passionate about it and passionate about the people that you're working with. 
It's true. You are explaining and exploring in a different way this old model of manager behind the desk with the phone, you know, booking, you know, <laughs> right, just hotel right. hotel rooms, right? Now you're talking about <laughs> yeah. you're talking about verticals, right? And you're talking yeah. about yeah. management. How important is it for business people like yourself to have your foot in different various verticals? It's so important. I not only for your own sake, because you know, artist managers need to be kind of diversifying uh, as well, you know, for their own business purposes as well as their clients. The more that you know about different industries, different opportunities, different investment opportunities, you're going to do better yourself, but you're also going to be giving that insight to your clients. And that's invaluable. You know, you really need to stay on top of the trends. It's why I got involved in tech, because I felt that that was the future of where we were going. And, and now it's a, it's a needed resource. It's a necessary resource for the day-to-day lives of everyone in entertainment and everyone on the planet right now. And you feel that you do have a niche and talent in this area of knowing what's up and coming with tech. And you saw that in Looped. What excites you about Looped and the future of this video platform? Yeah, so I actually got involved with Looped about a year and a half ago. And it was presented to me by my lawyer, actually. He said, you have to take a look at this. I think you're going to love it. And, you know, with people like Steven Tyler and Britney Spears, we ran massive VIP programs. You know, everyone wants to go backstage and get that picture with their favorite artist. So I always felt like there was a hole in between that physical access and any sort of access to an artist or a talent or public figure. So when I saw a video chat platform that allows you to talk one-on-one with an artist or a public figure, I thought it was brilliant. And the way that it was built, the co-founders and the engineering team behind it, it's seamless. It's amazing. And, you know, with the push of a button, the artist can cycle through 55 fans in an hour. So it's something that I would be proud to explain to a client and be proud to be a part of. So because I, I, I used to get presented with tech platforms all the time, and many of them just they were good, but nothing I would personally use or didn't solve a problem of mine as an artist manager. So mm. with Looped, I felt like it did both of those things. I, you know, when I first started, I started as an advisory board member really focused on talent and onboarding talent and spreading the news through my network and helping grow the company. Now, in March, we added the live stream component. And, you know, we really are the artist and industry preferred platform. And the only platform that allows for a general admission ticket and a VIP meet and greet ticket to be experienced in the same platform. So it's been a really exciting evolution over the last year. We've, you know, pivoted a few times in terms of strategy, but the product is that good. And, you know, there's no downtime for the talent. Everybody's pre-called. So all the fans are set up. There's no private information shared. It's very secure. They've thought of everything. So it's, uh, it's, I- I'm proud to be involved and, and now that's grown into 
a much bigger uh, position with them as global head of strategic partnerships. And I really focus on continuing those talent relationships within the industry, but also just these bigger partnerships with brands and institutions. And everyone is coming to us to hold virtual events and virtual experiences, whether you are uh, you know, a TV star or an artist having a live show or a brand that wants to run a sweepstakes. So it's actually, it's just really, really an incredible platform and, and a huge disruptor in, in the market. And, you know, we're providing a major resource for so many people during times of COVID and beyond, you know? It's, it's been amazing timing. And I love how you said earlier that, you know, all these different generations are working together. And that you had pointed yeah. out that you have this top-notch team of these, I think you call them brilliant 25-year-olds and great humans. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. how different is it to be an innovator at 25 in tech now than it was when you were 25? You know, when I was 25, I, you know, I grew up in Montana where work ethic was everything and, you know, no pain, no gain. And, you tell me to to work for 22 hours a day, I'll do it. You know, if you're not suffering, you're not climbing up the ladder. <laughs> right. And and that was really the mentality. And I, you know, I've shifted that mentality. And I, I really admire the younger generation coming in, in these leadership roles. And they get a lot of, you know, they get a lot of flack. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's always deserved. Because I think they come in with a solution-oriented mindset, they, one, they haven't failed yet, which I love because it's like, they just go all out with They're super excited. With no fear. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, but at the same time, you know, these co- these co-founders, there's four gentlemen and they are just literally the best team that I've ever worked with. And I just, I, in terms of efficiency and uh, organization and visualization, they just really are the complete package. And I just, I found it extremely refreshing, uh, collaborative, you know, positive, and extremely efficient and effective, and uh, just a really top-notch team all around. And it's so true what you said, you know, when I was 25, I was working, you know, 25 hour days on music videos in New York <laughs> yeah. City, you know, it was like, yeah. more, it was like, the more hours you worked were, was like your value or something, you know, which is now we, yeah. work, sm- we work smarter, you know, not necessarily yeah, harder. Exactly. Now, right. Yeah. And, I, I think that they have that work ethic. They certainly have that work ethic, but there is a value on you know, that total leadership concept of you focus on different parts of your life and different, uh, in different ways as a healthy human. And by doing so, you are an incredible leader and executor at the same time. And so I think that there's a real focus uh, with this age on mental health. And I think, you know, people are just trying to have a little bit better. I don't, I want to stay away from the word work-life balance. I think it's a work-life weave because things kind of come in and out of your personal and business life and that's okay. Mm -hmm. But I think that they are, they're kind of paving the way uh, in a new way. And I, I think it's, 
I think it's a, a better way for a happier life and more efficient business overall. Absolutely. Um, you know, when you were in Montana, you know, you did have, even though it was this, you know, work ethic instilled in you, creativity. And we talk about you as a writer. I know you have a book in you. And yes. do you like to write? I love to write. I've, you know, my mother uh, is really the reason I love to write. She instilled on us kids when we were, when we were little about writing and reading comprehension. And it was really part of our daily life. I, I, I feel like I value writing so much. I think writing can double your income if you're smart about it, because you can do so much more and run circles around people if you can write quickly and well. <laughs> right. And be, you know, a published author and your book really would yes. juxtapose this growing up in Montana and still like finding yourself in this life that maybe there's other people in Montana that can't, oh, that can never be me. And you're saying, yes, yeah. it can. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I think that there's this uh, interesting comparison between growing up in Montana in a log cabin in the woods in survival mode and learning so much about yourself and being in tune with yourself and being in nature and, you know, learning so many different survival skills. And I think being able to take those raw skills into something completely different, in my case, you know, really leading the careers and visions and executing on these for global leaders and superstars and tech companies, I think that there is a correlation there. And if you lean into it, I think that it could be a really exciting and inspiring book comparing the two different, very different, uh, you know, my upbringing versus my lifestyle now, but the way that I look at things and the way that I go about, uh, you know, tackling different projects and challenges. And, you know, being able to think back to those times, that's, you know, your, your upbringing, you have that forever, you know, that was, that, that's where you learned how to think and problem solve and make decisions. And I think that there's a really fascinating uh, correlation there. And, you know, I would love to be an inspiration to, to all of those people who are, you know, either growing up in rural uh, places or, or places where they feel like there's not enough resources or opportunities for them. You know, I think if you have the space to visualize what you really want and you're staying true to what your purpose is in life, that can take you to wherever you want to be. And I think it's about, you know, using that, that skill set that you were, that you were born into, whatever that might be. It's a gift. It is. It is a gift. And, and, you know, I'm going to ask you this and put you on the spot. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> not like you have like a lot of time left in your day with your family and your child, but so why aren't you writing the book? <laughs> I know. I know. I, uh, I, well, I might, I think I'm going to surprise you. I think I'm going to figure out a, a schedule of how, how I'm going to make it happen. Next year. Okay. Next year, so, okay. So 
actually maybe even 2020 it'll we'll start <laughs> it's being memorialized right here right now yes. you're, making, you're making a commitment yes. to thousands of listeners that this important book that needs to be written this unique almost psychological sort of behavioral book you got comparing these two worlds of music yeah. and Monday. I mean, I'm excited. I've, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to read it. So I hope that that, I hope, I know that's going to happen because you do everything you set out to do. So give us just, you know, a little taste or hint. And, and this is for everybody, 20 somethings through baby boomers. How do we stay true to the unique ideas we have of doing things differently? I think it's really about not looking around at what everyone else is doing. I think that hurts people through social media and maybe following the wrong people or seeing, you know, people pop up on your feed that don't make you feel good. I think it's about, you know, really using whatever meditation uh, techniques that you use to kind of tap into what I call as, you know, the light of the, of the universe. I think it's about really trying to just be authentic to you and just not looking around. When you start looking around, you start doing things like other people do them. And that's, that's not how, how you can succeed as you, you know, of course it's, it's great to look at, uh, you know, people that you admire and, you know, business people you admire, artists you admire, uh, writers you admire, you know, but you're not, you're not going to have the same writing style as your favorite author. So don't try to be that, you know, just let it flow. Be, be yourself, you know, as simple as that sounds, but I think stay in your lane, stay in your lane and keep focused on the goal of something that you intuitively know that could be better for you and your life. Yes. And then it will touch others for sure. Thank you so yes. much for being on the show. I always love our conversations. Thank you. Me too. It's so good to be here. Really good to see you. You've been listening to, you should write a book about that. If you enjoyed our episode, tell a friend to listen, subscribe and review on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And a big shout out to our listeners on CastBox, where you can leave a comment and I will personally respond.